You are listening to Concrete Conversations, an informative podcast brought to you by the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. We represent the concrete masonry and segmental paving manufacturers in Australia. Our podcast will discuss technical information and case studies with some special guests from our industry. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. So Michael, now that we understand the different types of pavers available and we've got an area that we have been given a project to design for, what are some of the considerations that we need to think about when we're designing with segmental pavers? Like all designs, Elizabeth, we have to understand the parameters and work within them. So to begin with, one of the first steps that any engineer would take when designing a pavement is understanding what they're designing. Are they designing a footpath? Are they designing a road? Are they designing for a port facility? Because that will narrow down the units that we're able to choose from, the lane patterns that we're able to use, and the design holistically. Next of all, we want to understand what material we're going to use for our base. And our base in a pavement system is our main structural component. And so depending on our site uh, and depending on the cost of materials available, that's where we'll start to select the material which we will design towards. Last of all is the paver unit itself. And when we go back to the first step of understanding the application, that's when we'll start to understand the types of paver units that we will have available for us to use and the laying patterns that we will design towards for that surface. And so once we've taken all those into consideration and we've designed our pavement, we have to build it. And that's when we will start to look at whether we use flexible or rigid systems and whether the area is big enough to try and implement some sort of machine or commercial laying application to reduce the overall labour cost component of the pavement. Right. So just to recap, because I I do want to go back and visit, obviously, machine laying, but really what we're sort of looking at is, firstly, in this space, what is the application for it? Are people walking across it? Are they driving across it? Is there heavy machinery? What is it going to be used for? Then what is underneath the soil that you're standing on? How is that going to affect the existing sort of site conditions will affect what type of pavement that you want. And that also depends a lot on the location that you're designing for. The base material, what road base are you planning to use? And I guess how much of that you do require depending on the subgrade that that is also available. And then the paver type, what's the shape, the texture, the pattern. And again, that sort of really intertwines into construction, whether this is going to be a flexible or a rigid pavement and what sort of bedding do we want to use for this. Michael, it all sounds a little bit overwhelming. Is there an easy way to help you work, step you through this process? Absolutely. And that's where the CMAA in conjunction with UniSA have developed a software tool which does exactly what we talked about, where you can input your subgrade conditions and your base material type and the paver that you want to use And the software will calculate the base thickness in accordance with all the parameters that we put in. So it takes the hard work out of it. All you need to do as an engineer is really understand the site and the application that you're building upon. 
Sounds really easy, Michael. Now, you mentioned a little bit before machine laying. Could you maybe talk us through that? I know it's one way that it's sort of advanced segmental paving. And I know that when we think about kilometres and kilometres of laying down pavers, it seems like that would be a massive labour task. But could you walk us through machine laying? Yeah, for large commercial areas, don't think about a lot of workers hunched over laying units one by one. We've really automated the process. And what you're able to do now is have specialist machinery and specialist crews come out and lay the pavers by machine around about a square meter at a time. And so for large commercial areas like bus depots and and airports and, and port facilities, we can see a crew of two to three lay up to a thousand square meters a day and this is a thousand square meters of pavement which we can instantly drive over so it's a really quick labor effective way to lay these systems to be able to traffic them instantly i bet the romans wish they had that back in the day michael i just wanted to touch on two other areas that we've seen in just really become more focused in the last couple of years the first is the urban heat island effect. How can pavers help in that situation? Yeah, it can help in a few ways. So colour is a really big factor in urban heat island effect. And we know that the darker a surface is, the more heat it absorbs and the hotter our city gets. And so by implementing a surface which is lighter in colour, whether that's greys or or, or whites, can really help reduce the urban heat island effect But when we couple colour with permeable paving, which is where the water passes through the surface and is stored in the base, because we've got a a system which is porous, it has water in the base and allows the movement of air, it works like a natural air conditioner. And that can help really cool down our pavements. We know that in cities, pavements make up a large portion of the dark surfaces around us and so by implementing a lighter coloured pavement in conjunction where we can with a permeable pavement we can really work to reduce the urban island effect in suburban areas. The other area that does sort of dovetail into this is water sensitive urban design and I know that you have heard from me many a times we're one of the lowest developed countries in the world that uses pavers per capita. Everyone in Northern America and, and Europe seems to have caught on to this but The correlation between pavers and water-sensitive urban design is a huge one. Could you maybe explain that a little bit to us? Yeah, for sure. So with any normal pavement, and when we talk about pavement, generally we talk about an impermeable system, any rain which hits that surface is directed into drains and lost as stormwater. So by implementing permeable pavements, we can capture water at the point at which it touches the ground. And that helps us in two ways. First of all, in really intense storms, because that permeable pavement is working as a stopgap to water entering our stormwater system, it really reduces the chance of floodings in urban areas. And I know we've all seen it when we've got that really quick storm and just the amount of water, the drains can't cope with it, coupled with the fact that the drains sometimes have rubbish or, or branches blocking the the point of entry. So in the first instance, it really helps mitigate the chance of flash flooding. But further to that, because we're storing the water in the pavement at the source, we can then capture it, harvest it, 
recycle it and reuse it to either water surrounding parklands or use it as as runoff water as recycled water and minimize the impact on mains water for the same application. Yes, and I think the biggest thing about water-sensitive urban design is that in some countries they use pavers to filter the water so that they can reuse it. And I know in Canada, for example, you can't build a car park unless it is permeable pavers to enable that exact effect. Yeah, absolutely. And, and studies have shown we know the water leaving a permeable paved system is cleaner than the water entering it. So any water that was to leave our system would be of better quality than normal stormwater. Michael, we've learned so much today, covered so much material, just in terms of designing for segmental pavements. Again, looking at what we're using them for, the area, the subgrade, what material we can use, and also the paver type and how we're going to construct it. But then we've also touched on three important topics which also have an impact into design. The first is for really big designs, we can use machinery, which which gets those pavers laid a lot faster and then the other thing that paving can be very helpful in is reducing the heat island effect and also taking away the impact of flash flooding and stormwater management through water sensitive urban design. So Michael you know that when I'm listening to podcasts I'm normally doing something else but where can our listeners go to find out some more information? Absolutely the CMAA should be your first point of contact. And design paved software really simplifies what we went through today in designing a pavement, both trafficable and permeable. So either reach out to the CMAA via email or on the website, but I would absolutely urge any pavement designer who's interested in designing these systems to download and start using design pave. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for ideas of what to talk about. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.